Good morning. Um, my name is Kevin Steger. Some of you know me, some of you don't. I have uh, been involved here at Scarlet City for uh, a little over a year now and uh, got to speak with you once before. And Jay asked me if I would be willing to talk to you a little bit about uh, spiritual leadership coming from Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19 and going through the end of the chapter. And I told him I would be more than happy to do so. And the track that I'm going to go on uh, for this particular talk is, is really just that. I, I just want to have a conversation with you. I just want to share with you a little bit about uh, Paul and his ministry um, as it relates to uh, spiritual leadership and the examples that he provides for us. Really, in these verses from 19 and on, we have a beautiful example of just a personal moment for Paul. We get uh, some transparency from Paul, and we have an opportunity to look inside of of his heart and to understand what's important to him. You know, sometimes we can be lulled into thinking that St. Paul is uh, more of an arcane philosopher, um, one of those teachers on the street corners, uh, rather than a real Christian man who is passionate about the church. Well, this passage that we're going to look at today gives us an incredible look into this personal uh, life of Paul. So let's just read the passage first, and uh, then we'll uh, make a few points. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. So he expected that after he sent Timothy to be with the Christians at Philippi, that they would in turn send him back uh, to him with news about what's going on in Philippi. He says, I have no one else like him, like Timothy, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. <clears throat> for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and he almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. 
So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. Again, I want to point out to you just how significant this passage is in the personal nature of it. We just don't get very many of those personal moments with St. Paul, but this is one of those. I want you to think for just a moment how you would feel if, if you were in prison, um, if you were thrown into prison specifically for speaking about Jesus, for encouraging people to think about Christ. You'd be thrown in prison. You would feel persecuted and perhaps dejected about the future. We could easily slip into hopelessness. And you would absolutely be right in feeling that way. I mean, it's I can't imagine um, a more uh, desperate moment than to be thrown into prison because of your faith. And that's where we find Paul. And it would have been so easy for Paul to become very self-involved and just forget about those around him. But Paul was the consummate leader, the consummate spiritual leader, providing that example for us about what it means to lead others in the community of faith. Paul is in prison, probably in Rome, and has apparently not lost his hope and his faith about the future. In our culture today, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to get uh, dejected and worried about, about the future. But as people of Christ, we need to be able to look beyond that. We need to be able to look beyond um, temporary circumstances in our world. As people of Christ, we have every reason to be faithful and encouraged about the days ahead. Paul's letter to the Philippians is a letter full of joy, joy in his awareness of the Christian community in Philippi and of his own community, many of whom had connections with Philippi, to include Timothy and Epaphroditus. Well, as we look more closely at this passage, it's my hope that we can take a few lessons uh, from Paul about spiritual leadership. Specifically, I think we're going to see three uh, lessons that I want to take some time pointing out. The first lesson of spiritual leadership, as it involves Timothy, is mentorship. Um, it can easily happen that we uh, become focused on ourselves uh, to the point that we forget others. Uh, especially those who need our leadership. But we can't afford to do that. There are so many people that God has placed around us that will be blessed by us spending time with them, by us investing our lives in them, providing mentorship uh, as uh, possible. Um, if you have been mentored in your life, then you understand how significant that it can be. You understand what it means to have someone who is perhaps a bit older than you are, someone who has been down the road a little bit further than you have maybe, 
who would spend time with you and invest in you. Well, if it was important to you, then don't you think it's important to others? Be ready for that. Paul's life was a life of mentorship. So many people, uh, I can think of Timothy and Silas, Epaphroditus, Peter, Onesimus, just to name a few. Paul's entire life was based on mentoring people as God brought them into his life. Is that true for you? Do you see people and think that maybe, perhaps, God wants me to provide mentorship in their life? Verse 19 tells us that it was Paul's intent to send Timothy back to the Christians in Philippi so that they could bless him. We need to be sensitive to those that we mentor. Sensitive so that we know uh, when someone is needing to be blessed, so that we know when someone has needs that need to be looked after. We should be taking stock of their own well-being, those whom we are mentoring. Mentoring involves caring for people, truly caring, ministering to their needs. Certainly it involves encouraging them, rebuking them at times, ministering to them, teaching them, but it also requires us to be sensitive to what's going on in their life. We must listen and listen well. Paul knew that Timothy needed to be blessed. He was at a point in his ministry and his life that he needed to be sent back to the people in Philippi so that they could love on him and provide that much encouragement uh, that he needed. It also involves mentoring, involves commissioning people. You know, he had expectations that after Timothy uh, received his blessing from uh, the people in Philippi, that Timothy would come back uh, to him, that he would bring news back to Paul about what was going on in Philippi, and uh, that he would bring back blessing, frankly, uh, back to Paul. You see, it is important certainly to minister to people, to be sensitive to them, to listen to their uh, needs. <clears throat> but we also have to challenge those that we have an opportunity to mentor. We need to not be too uh, simple or too easy. We need to be encouraging. We need to be challenging. We need to be commissioning. And then mentoring also involves commending. It involves caring and ministering to people. It involves challenging uh, and commissioning people, and it involves taking time to commend them, to commend them face-to-face, -to, -face, to tell them straight up, man, you did this well. But it also means going out before them, giving a good reference, writing ahead, just like Paul did here, uh, to the Philippians to say, this man, Timothy, is special. There is nobody like him, Paul says. There is nobody else like him. So we need to take time to commend people that we are mentoring. The second le lesson of spiritual leadership that I see in this passage um, is to not allow our own difficulties take us away from the ministry to which God has called us. It is so easy to 
become so focused on our troubles, on our difficulties, on our challenges, that we forget to serve those uh, who are in front of us. I want to provide a beautiful example for you um, about not allowing current difficulties to get in the way of your ministry. I have been blessed because I was blessed uh, with so many wonderful people in my life. But in particular, I want to talk about my mother-in-law just for a moment. I was one of those fortunate guys who had a mother-in-law that he loved, absolutely just dearly loved my mother-in-law. She was a beautiful picture of a sacrificial life, a beautiful picture of uh, being the hands and feet of Christ in the mouthpiece of Christ. Well, my mother-in-law got very ill. She had pancreatic cancer. And we watched her struggle and struggle and struggle. Uh, it was a hard road. And yet she never lost heart. She never lost her faith. She encouraged people around her, regardless how she was feeling. And oftentimes, she was pretty miserable, in pain, truly suffering. Well, I remember that even in the moment when it was getting close to the end, we knew that she was moving closer to that point where her physical body would give up and she would be in the presence of God. And it was heartbreaking. And it led me to, to feel a need to ask for forgiveness. I apologized for anything that I might have done that ever upset her or anything I ever did that uh, wasn't fair to her daughter, my wife. Uh, I just wanted her to know um, that I was sorry. And she could have easily just said, you know, Kevin, why are you so focused about yourself instead of me right now? She could have, because it was true. I was focused on my own suffering, on my own pain, and not on hers. And I regret that. But do you know what she said to me? She said, oh, Kevin, you've got nothing to apologize for. You've been nothing but a blessing to our family and to me personally. I love you, Kevin. I was blown away. Her heart opened to me at a moment when she was moments away from death. And within the next few minutes, actually, she would pass on from this life to the next. And yet in that, in that dire of a moment, she was still focused on others and not herself. We cannot allow the the bitterness of our own circumstances to keep us away from doing that which God has called us to do. So lessons on leadership from this passage in Paul. One, mentor people as you have opportunity. Two, don't allow your current difficulties to get in the way of doing what you know you need to do. And three, live sacrificially. Sacrifice for others. Be not so overly focused on 
our own lives and our own needs that we forget to serve those around us. Providing spiritual leadership means that we sacrifice for others. Paul sacrificed. Jesus lived a life of absolute sacrifice. And he was the ultimate spiritual leader. So if you want to lead, if you want to be involved in spiritual leadership in your community, if you want to be involved in spiritual leadership here at Scarlet City Church, that means being willing to sacrifice, being willing to place the needs of others before your own. Paul wanted to keep Epaphroditus. He loved Epaphroditus. Uh, he was grateful for the fact that Epaphroditus was there to, to serve him and to meet his needs while he was in prison. Loved him. Did not want to give him up. And yet he knew that the people in Philippi were concerned about Epaphroditus because they had heard about his illness. And so he knew that more important than his own needs were the needs of both Epaphroditus and the Christians in Philippi. And so Paul sent Epaphroditus on to Philippi so they could see him, so they could embrace him and know that he was well. Look at your life for just a moment as we close. Do you take time to truly serve other people? Is your life about yourself or is it about others? If you want to be involved in spiritual leadership, Paul has given you the keys. We have to mentor people. And to mentor them, that means that we have to care for them, minister to them. We have to uh, commission them, expect great things from them. And we have to commend them both to their face and ahead of them to others that they will come into contact with. We have to be available to mentor. We also have to be on guard to not allow the negative circumstances of our lives to take us away from doing that that we are called to do. And then finally, we have to live sacrificially. Spiritual leadership is about sacrifice. How often do you think of the needs of others before your own needs? This is the heart of spiritual leadership. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you so much for this word from Paul. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that he was sensitive to you, that he wanted to do your will, that he was committed to it. I thank you that he mentored young people like Timothy because in turn they mentored others who mentored others who end up mentoring us. Lord God, we are grateful and we are thankful. We ask that you would help us to be the leaders that you want us to be. We ask you to help us to be open to serving you in whatever way you will. And we pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus.